I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Now, there are some really shocking statistics around financial literacy and women. Sadly, many of us are still lacking vital knowledge and skills when it comes to managing and building our wealth. Now, we tend to shy away as women from conversations about money. And often, I think it's a case of we don't know what we don't know. The information can feel quite complicated to figure out on our own. So we don't. And we live in blissful ignorance until something awful happens and then we have to deal with it. So rather than finger pointing or scaremongering, I thought that I would bring one of my amazing clients, Molly Benjamin, the founder of Ladies Finance Club, onto the podcast today to talk to you about how she has made a business out of educating women of all ages and stages of life about finance. What I absolutely love about Molly and the Ladies Finance Club is that they make it fun and inclusive. And I've brought her on today for two reasons. A, because she has some great tips for us around managing our money and um, she's so, so kind around how she does this. There is no kind of shaming anybody into doing anything. She meets us exactly where we are and gives us lots of actions we can take straight away. But she is also sharing as sort of part two of this episode the inside scoop on exactly what it was like to bring her new book to life. So her book has just been published. It's called Girls Just Want to Have Funds and Molly and I were working together uh, as this book was in its final stages and I absolutely loved being her wingwoman through this time because as she talks about in our chat, she was really burning the candle at both ends. She was, I guess, the embodiment of overwhelm and uh, she reached out to me and I was really, really happy to, I'm so happy that she did because I could see that what she was doing was completely untenable. She was, something was going to snap and I was really worried that it was going to be her. Um, Thankfully, she did not. We got through that really sticky period and it is so nice to be out the other side and see her book in the world and Ladies Finance Club absolutely thriving. She talks about this in detail in our chat, so I will not spoil any of the conversation for you. As always, any nuggets of gold, any big sort of mic drop moments, please share them with me. Let me know how this episode has helped you. 
If you feel inclined, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. I know that every podcast host in the land says this, but it really does. It really does help more people find this and what Molly is sharing is such important information. So I will now introduce you to the magnificent Molly Benjamin. Molly, massive congratulations to you on your book. We were working together as you were putting the finishing touches to it and I'm just so excited for you that it is now out in the world. Thank you so much, Michelle. Yes, I'm excited the day has come as well. (laughs) It's so good. But I just, I thought I'd start our conversation today talking about Ladies Finance Club, which is the business from which the, the book was birthed from. And behind every business is a reason for starting it in the first place, your why. And I... I know the answer to this question, but I would really love for you to share with our listeners what prompted you to create your business, the Ladies Finance Club, in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess if we go back a couple of years, I was living in the UK in London. And at the time, I was working for a global bank, which is kind of crazy. And I was like, gosh, I am so bad with money. Like I'd be like going out on the weekends, traveling. And then the next day I'd literally be like to my girlfriend, can I borrow some money for groceries? And I was like, what is going on? And I noticed that the women I worked with weren't great with money. And they're working, we're working for a bank. Uh, my girlfriends, there was only like one or two of them who seemed to be like on the mark with money. Um, and so I was like, who knows about this stuff? And as I went on like this self-education journey, everything was just so boring. (laughs) Um, As I called it, male, pale, stale. Everything was so blue. It was dull. And I was like, this can be fun. This can be exciting. Like why, why don't we learn it with our girlfriends? Like I'm very much a gal's gal and I love doing things with my girlfriends. So I was like, "Um, girls, we're not doing a book club. We're having a money club. Come to my house. I'll you bring a bottle of wine. I'll bring some pizza. I'll get some pizzas. Um, and we invited a friend. I think he was my roommate at the time. He worked in finance and we came down and started explaining some really basic concepts, which we just never learned about before. And that was kind of like the starting point. And then as I started researching more, I was like, wow, the stats are really um, against us. This is something which is kind of like not just a my friends a molly problem this is something which is like a nation problem and an australia problem and is a problem all over the world actually financial literacy amongst women and yeah so we live longer we earn less that terrible stat that the highest growing demographic of women going into homelessness is single women over the age of 55 and i was like right let's do something about this so yep from my living room it's grown and yeah now we're um, in Australia, the UK, we have a membership, we do online courses, we do all, all like uh, all that kind of stuff. And we've, we've had about 35,000 women now through our, our pro- programs. Absolutely incredible, Molly. Those, those, those stats for your business mm. are amazing. And I always love listening to people's sort of business origin mm. story because um, it is usually born out of like something that, that you need yourself. And yeah. as you know, I mean, the irony of you working for a bank. I know. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you, I'm sure you would have been, you know, you, you would have been earning decent money and all of that, but it would have just been evaporating. It's like, why? And, and mm. you are not the only one. And I think what I love so much about the Ladies Finance Club is that you make managing money 
like way less complicated than it mm. needs to be, but you make it fun. So I guess from the the work that you have been doing now, what do you see as being the biggest challenge for women around money? Yeah, so there's a number of different challenges for women around money. I think a big one is just like getting started and yeah. a lot of there's a lot of emotion when it comes to women and money. There's a lot of fear, overwhelm, stress, not sure to where to begin. And so all these things combined mean that women just don't take action. Um, it's also a big part of like our society. Like we are not taught to talk about money. We are, you know, it's very taboo. Like mm. it's, you know, I, I mean, I talk about money a lot with my girlfriends because yeah. of what I do, but like, you know, I know more about the intimate details of my girlfriend's sex life than I do about when they negotiated, what they're investing in, how they budget, what are they saving for? And so we're just not socialized to talk about this. And even like when you think about it, like 50 years ago, women couldn't open a bank account in their own name. They couldn't get a home loan in their own name. They couldn't get a credit card in their own name. And so we actually haven't been in charge of money for, we haven't actually had control over our own money for a huge amount of time, which also um, these conversations haven't been having from mother to daughter, mother to daughter. Whereas with men, it's very much father to son. Father father to to son. son. Yes. Mm. Yes. That lack of lack of actually act, like action is what is what you're saying yeah, right? lack of yeah action. Like, and yes. it's almost like a club that's why I like I call it like yes. a club. it's like a club yes. been and it is from. a boys club it is yes. a boys club and it is yes. changing but it's it's still not <laughs> like I speak to a lot of women who work in finance and they are always the massive minority yeah yeah it's just yeah it's a generational thing do you see it shifting like with you know with new generations obviously you know there are women like myself who like I have daughters and we talk about money all the time like they you know they are like I remember um ask I think I I don't know if I like actually said outright to my dad like how much money do you earn but we did not talk about money at the Mm. dinner table at all um and I'd see my dad literally handing over the housekeeping money to my mom like and mm-hmm. this was only in this was in the 80s like this yeah. is not that long ago yeah. whereas i talked to my daughters about yeah. money they asked me outright you know how yeah. much money do you earn like what do you charge now mummy like that yeah. sort of stuff and i tell them yeah. um they know what our you know what things cost and yeah. and all of that so do you see a shift happening Yes. And I think as women start earning their own money as well, like where we look at our kind of mothers, mothers generation, they might not have been earning their own money. They were taking more of that home carer position. Um, Mm -hmm. So now that a lot of them have their own money, I think those conversations are slowly changing, but stats just came out and financial literacy amongst women in Australia is actually going backwards. Wow. Which was really. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they, they, um, it's these five questions they ask all different yep. nations. Yeah. And yeah, we did not rank high at all. Um, Canada ranked worse um, yep. okay. in Canada. But yep. um, yeah, so it's still like it's changing, but not fast enough. Okay. So I think the more that people can start having these conversations with their children, especially, and, you know, money isn't this thing which is kind of done behind closed doors um, yep. and it's very much spoken about, then I think the better. Yeah, and I think, you know, it is that this is a bit sort of stereotypical, but it is that kind of like, oh, I don't know about money, so I'm going to just kind of bury my head in the sand. And, look, guys do this as well. Yeah. Like it's not it's not just women. Yeah. Um, but I think it is, and, and 
with there being so much like doom and gloom messaging around mm. as well. So, you know, it's the, the inflation, the raising, rising interest rates, mm. re, you know, recession people. And I see a lot of people sort of tightening their belts. Yeah. So, you know, there is that thing where we go, oh, I'm just going to pretend it's not happening and, you know, bury my head in the sand. Yeah. Um, which is probably doing more harm than good, right? Oh, big time. Absolutely. And I think for when, women, when it comes to money as well, there's like, there's no role, role models. There's no one really they're looking up to. Like in the finance world, it's all like the Warren Buffetts and, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, all those kind of guys. But, you know, I, I say to women, like name me, a, you know, a female rock star in finance. And occasionally they'll be like, oh, a Mel Brown or a um, Effie Zahos. But it's very rare that they can even name anyone. Do we need to stop spending? Like, or, or should we feel bad if we've overdone it? Like, you know, because there is that thing like, oh, girl, you know, women spend a lot. And women, yeah. women, like it's, I don't know. I just feel like it the is. messaging is yeah. quite. Um, it's always been that way. It's like women yeah. cut backs, keep saving yeah. and grow wealth. It's a great time to start investing. So that's yeah. always the messaging we get like from the media. But I think at the moment where times are um, kind of uncertain, yeah. there's things like, you know, actually checking in with your spending, yeah. um, checking in with your emergency fund. But I think as well, like that's what the emergency fund, that money is there for. It's for these times where, you know, it's, the world, the cost of, as you said, the cost of living is going up. Inflation's at an all-time high. Yeah. Um, that can't be ignored. That needs to no, be No, and this is, it's again, it's an account ignoring for. and pretending that <clears throat> what is happening. And I think, you know, there is, there is, there's a blend of hysteria, but yeah. also just ignorance and and just not wanting to kind of know about it so totally and I think yeah. a lot of people kind of learned the lesson the hard way after that first wave COVID happened where yeah. they were like oh I've been living beyond my means yes yeah and especially when they lost their jobs or their jobs were the the salary was cut right back I think that yeah. exposed a lot of people that they were living like kind of on that paycheck to paycheck and that was a really stressful way to live yeah, and that yeah, that sort of feeling like a like an idiot if you have yeah. completely overdone it, or if you do lose your job and you don't have your rainy day fund. Yeah, putting out some credit cards, buy now pay later's, and then yes. you can't pay them back, yeah. and you're getting yeah. a spiral of debt. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I love about what like everything that you share it is not about berating anyone for the fact that they have oh. you know credit card debt or they haven't started investing they or oh, they don't even know what that no, means exactly how are start. they meant to know there's yes. like they were they weren't taught at school and if they weren't taught by their parents which a high majority of them weren't there's a great chance they have never known and if their partners don't have good financial behaviors then or if they're single then you know like you have to go out and seek that information absolutely and I think yeah relying on someone like you know relying on for example like you know what do they say a man is not a financial plan it's not and I think it is it's that and, and you empower women to to yeah. to know this stuff and yeah that's what yeah. I, I love I got a message from a lady after a webinar once and she goes I'm like in my late 40s and tonight is the first night I realized a prince isn't going to come and save me Mm-mm. and I was like yeah yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I know I was, I, in my own situation, like I was r- really independent, mm. you know, worked young, um, you know, bought like 
bought my own first car, like did all that sort of stuff. This is kind of embarrassing to say, but when I got married, uh, you know, and I was I was um, in my early 30s when I got married and it was like I just kind of had, that was a blue job. Like that money was a blue job. You know, yeah. it was there with the, the lawn mowing yeah. and the, the DIY yeah. stuff. Mm. I just kind of went, oh, I, I think about too much else. So I'm yeah. going to hand over that to. Yeah. Um, and that's so husband. common and as well. I know it is yeah. so, so common. Mm. And it was only when I got divorced that I was like, oh, I, I actually, I, I need to take control of this mm. stuff. And that was when I made a real sort of conscious effort to 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 learn and to be, yeah, responsible for, mm. for the money. And I love that in Ladies Finance Club, you support like basically every life stage from mm. people starting their first jobs to those, you know, navigating new relationships or yeah. exiting relationships or yes. what mm. have you. So where do you see the biggest shifts happen like at which life stage and I guess you know second question there is is there anything you wish you could sort of put as a like a warning sign uh, (laughs) for people to be aware of so I think like in the first kind of stage like not first stage of life but a big one is when you first start that job like I think and actually going setting up your financial behaviors from the very first paycheck you get. And this is not what I did. I was like money in, money out, money yes, for spending. Yes. Spend, I just spend, earned spend. it. Spend, spend, yep. spend. So I wish I'd set up some really good foundations then. And I also see a lot of important conversations probably not taking place in the moving in stage as well. well oh, when, moving in together. Oh, sorry, moving in coupling. together. Yes. Coupling. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. Some really kind yep. of basic financial conversations happening. And then also um, when the marriage takes place, like simple things like what are we working towards if I'm taking time off to raise the kids you know how am I going to you know how are we going to manage the money am I going to have to ask you for permission to set, to like get money or like are you going to give me some of your super am I going to get spousal contribution so my super isn't going backwards um and so we have a list of like in the book we have a list of like like 21 questions to ask your honey about the money that's Um, so good that's fantastic because these you know you know like all sorts of other things what I don't know what football team they support or like all that sort of stuff and but these are the conversations that people avoid yeah and it causes a lot of stress as well and like okay we're going to have a joint account for expenses are we going to have our own separate money that we can spend without each other like prying into and it's just like that is our money um so yeah I think there's like quite a lot of important conversations I don't having and throughout it but yeah definitely there's definitely those key elements in life where um we can kind of take that opportunity to re-establish some good foundations. Absolutely. And also like underscoring here too is that it's not too late to have yeah. this. It's never too oh. late to have these conversations. You you know, I know people that have been together for 20 years and are, and are finally having these conversations now. Yeah, if you haven't already done it, it doesn't mean that you've, that you've that the ship has sailed. Totally. And full acknowledgement that sometimes these conversations when you're starting them out for the first time and you've been in a relationship for a long time, they can be a little bit stressful and awkward because the partner's all of a sudden going, why are you asking me after all these years about money? Are you wanting yeah. to leave? It brings up yes. a bunch of different <laughs> things. So I actually have a few lines in the book where I'm like, if you haven't been involved in your relationships finances, you can just use my book as an excuse and be like, I just read this book and I'm decided I want to 
um, learn and be empowered by money. <laughs> That's so brilliant. That's so good. So um, can we talk about the OMG fund, please? Oh, yeah, <laughs> my favourite. This is literally my favourite. Yes. Yeah. So what, so what is it and why is it so important? Yeah, so this is my name for an emergency fund because if you need your OMG account, normally you're like, oh, my God, something really bad has just happened. So with the emergency fund, it's your rainy day fund, your safety net. Some people call it your FO fund because you can just tell issues and problems to yes. um, but this is money you keep aside for a rainy day and we always say work to put a thousand dollars in it and then three to six months worth of expenses I know a lot of your listeners are women business owners so yes. we always say you want to have around a six month worth of expenses um, so if something does happen you you just know you've got it covered and this is like the first step to creating a strong financial foundation and I know when I first built my emergency fund. It was actually one of the first times in my life that I had um, saved money. So it was a, it was a behavior shift as well yep. to go, okay, I can actually do this. I can actually save money. And I had such a calm feeling. I was so proud of myself for saving, even though it wasn't much and I've been working. Yeah. I'd, I'd hate, yeah. like, hate to think how much I'd wasted in the past, but it was like, okay, I'm getting back on top of this. I'm the one in charge and I've got money here if I need it. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that buffer that, yes. I think, you know, we, we, we definitely need. So if our listeners could take like just one action yeah. to improve their finances this week, yeah. what would you encourage them to do? I would encourage them if they haven't got the emergency fund to set it up. So right. open up a bank account, keep it separate from all your other day spending. Some yes. people use offset accounts. It's what it's it's money that you can get access to fast if you need yes. it. So it's not money that's invested. It's not in oh god, cryptocurrency. It's not in, it's yes. just literally there in cash yep. for an emergency. And um, so I would really kind of recommend set that up. Yep. And then the second one is just get really focused on what it is you want to do with your money like set those goals and be really clear on why you're saving what is it for and make sure that those goals are your goals and then you're going to stay motivated yeah for, for, to them yes and those goals are more important than the beautiful pair of shoes winking at you in in the window or online oh, when you're doing your I know it's hard shopping at 10 o'clock at night it when is, you get these yes ads which know you yes. better than you know yourself yes. like, I know the last 20 websites you've been to yeah and I'm just yes. gonna put Dangle all, yeah. a big fat carrot in oh, front of you um and I think too coming back on to how like just how easy it is to set up that account yeah. um like it's so easy in your online banking like it's dead easy yeah. And especially what works for me is that I do not have a card attached yeah. to it. Like, you know, so I can't just go, oh, well, I'll just dip into that because the card's in my wallet or on my yeah. phone or whatever. Yeah. It's internet only. So I can still get the money if it's an emergency, yeah. but day to day, I don't have access yeah. to it. Which and I think if anyone wants to set that up and they're like, oh, but I'm just so bad at putting the money across, just like automate it. Yeah. So have that target yep. goal you want. And then every paycheck, it just comes out and that money gets put aside. Um, yeah. 
into yeah, your and you don't even fund. yeah you don't even notice it it just it just happens you yeah. don't have to think about it which is great mm-hmm. um so I would love to shift focus to the book yes. um because I I really want to talk about the process of you bringing this book into the world <laughs> um because your content the you know the content that you put out through Ladies Finance Club is fantastic there's incredible resources you're constantly like on a you know daily hourly sometimes it feels <laughs> like like you're sharing so much valuable content mm-hmm. um not just you know in the membership yet but across the socials and all of that mm-hmm. so what prompted you to do something as massive as writing a book well I had literally never really thought about writing a book but then my sister wrote a book and I was like oh you know oh it's doable you can write a book. that's <laughs> she, the thing it's so can I, so can I. <laughs> obviously very different topic yes. um but yeah I think I was approached by a publisher first, which really kind of got the got me thinking about it. Yeah. And um, I'd actually been approached by a publisher just before COVID um, in London when I was um, had my business in London. Yep. And yep. so I'd done a proposal up and everything, um, but their budgets got cut and it never went ahead. So I had a lot of this kind of like information that I'd kind of thought about it, jotted things down. And so yep. when this, um, I had a, so I had two publishers reach out to me. And so I was able to kind of go, yeah, like this is what I would be thinking. Um, this is what kind of like I want it to be like fun. I don't want it to be like a boring finance book. I want to make sure there's pictures and it's colorful and it would like attract people who would never pick up a finance book ever. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this, yeah, working with this one publisher, that's kind of what we did. They agreed to it. And so I started the writing process. <laughs> which is a process which is a Um, process yeah do you think the fact that you did have so much content at your fingertips do you think that made it easier or did you find it harder like to pull the book together from what you already had I think it was just like I would never consider myself a good student in the sense that I um I was always like the drama art modern history kind of gal like sitting at a computer and writing an essay was just never my jam okay so when you have 12 essays to write in a short period of time and you kind of you didn't leave it to last minute but there's definitely a time restraint um it was yeah I guess a good exercise (laughs) um efficiency and productivity um and that you really can like when you have a deadline you really can um pull it together but I think as well like I had access to some incredible women I feature over 40 women in the book and we had done a lot of content so I kind of knew what I wanted to say I just wanted to get different voices and different experts to kind of show that there's just so many wonderful women in finance in this country yeah to help obviously make the content as expert as as possible so rich credible Yes. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I think makes it so fantastic. It's not just you talking at people, do this, do that, follow this step. You're using real examples of, of, of what people have done and Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing as well, which yeah, just makes it wonderful. And your branding is so strong as well, which, Uh you know, it is fun. What's been your biggest lesson from writing the book? Do you think? Biggest lesson from writing the book? Well, there's been a few. (laughs) There could be more than one. You can have more than one. (laughs) I think um, I got a book coach at the start because I was like, okay, I work really well with coaches. Yes. And um, (laughs) yes, I wish I had a coach for every area of my life, honestly. It'd be the best. Um, But yeah, so when I got the contract, I kind of 
sat down with the book coach and she yep. was like, okay, to get this done, you're going to like, we broke it down about how much I'd need to be writing. Yep. And then I didn't really stick to it because I was running three businesses. You were. I think it was crazy. I was super stressed. I wasn't really sleeping much. And I was just like, what have I agreed to? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, is this actually possible to do? So I think the lesson there was like, I wish I'd probably stuck more to the plan. Yeah. Obviously it was always that kind of like, not didn't leave it to last minute because it wasn't done last minute, but Mm. I think um, I probably could have Made more space. Made more space. Yeah. 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 And then it wouldn't have been such a a stress. And it was just kind of like constantly in the back of my mind for like six months. Um, And yeah, making the space, I think, was probably the biggest thing. Yeah. And I, and I saw that obviously, you know, with you because (laughs) um, you had so many competing priorities, like you did. And they weren't little things, they were other massive massive things that you had you know you had the road show you had so many other things that were kind of all happening at the same time and look sometimes this stuff is out of our control like I've got another um, business buddy of mine who basically got a phone call or email or whatever it was contacted by the publisher um, just before Christmas and they're like that they were like we've got a slot in February can you can you give us a book and she was like okay like and 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 just had to make it work so and you did make it work and yes you know (laughs) you weren't sleeping an awful lot and all of that sort of thing but I guess um you know you're you can sleep now (laughs) you can sleep now (laughs) and you know people say it's like I mean I haven't experienced it but they're like it's like yeah yeah, you know, you're like it's a little painful at the time, but then once you're done, you get this beautiful book, and you yes. forget, and then you're like, oh, I could do it all over. Again. I could do it all again. Exactly. Do you think you'll do it all again? Is there another book in there, Molly? Do you know what? If there is another book, I'm gonna do it a little bit differently. So I would okay. love to do something on property, and then another one on investing. But I also I have access and I work with so many incredible women in the property sector so I think it'd be more of like an interview style like biggest lessons learned um so yeah that is something that I kind of got on my goal list the end of the year awesome awesome we'll watch this space y'all just want to have property (laughs) property yes we do um Molly, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that and for being so open about the realities of what it really is like to write a book because I think it does look like a very romantic notion. Oh, my gosh. Um, I wish I'd been, like, at a retreat with, like, my insane. Yes, can you imagine? Yes, I've got my writer's retreat instead. You were like, like, okay, so what's on today, Molly? And there was, like, 95 items and writing you know or editing or whatever part of the book was when I was just sitting there going oh my god I don't know how you're doing it but like you said a lot not an awful lot of sleep so Mm. thank you for sharing that um, because people need to hear what it is really like to fit it in (laughs) in your life so I will finish off with the question that I ask everyone all my guests um, I always ask them to share with our listeners something besides your fabulous book Mm. something that you've watched read listened to or experienced Experienced that will give our listeners lives or business a bit of a boost what is your recommendation Molly yeah I mean I was at an event um a couple of nights ago and there was um it was a bit of a random event it was a women in finance event and they yeah. had all their independence on um stage for our local area these amazing yeah. women and they really inspired me with what they were saying and they kind of a lot of their they had to go back and say like what would they 
what would they change if they were younger about themselves? And they all said, I would have backed myself more in life. And I love that. So I think I'm going to use that and just say, yeah, backing yourself and just going like, this is going to work. I'm going to make, find a way. Um, Because really at the end of the day, if you don't back yourself, no one else will. And that's, and I love that you've shared that, Molly, because I feel like you are like the living embodiment (laughs) of that. You have, you work so bloody hard. I see how hard you work and how passionate you are about the work that you do and how important the work that you do is. And um, yeah, I'm just, I could not be happier for you. I wish you all the success with the book and continued success with Ladies Finance Club. So how can our listeners get more of Molly and the Ladies Finance Club in their lives? Yes. So um, we're on Instagram at Ladies Finance Club. We share lots of hints and tips. Um, We have a membership and um, our website, ladiesfinanceclub.com. But I wanted to say as well, a big thank you to you, Michelle, because you were so amazing. And you came at a time in my life when I needed you the most and you helped me so much with my business. So thank you. It was my absolute pleasure. I loved, I loved supporting you. And I just love that that period of your life, we've gone, we've gotten through it. We're out the other side and now you can enjoy um, all the success. So well done. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much.